Hello, and welcome to the Landis Cooperative Experience podcast featuring the bull bear banter. We all know that markets often behave in a way that can't easily be explained. The bull bear banter is our best effort to digest the noise of the marketplace. So thank you for joining us. Sit back, relax, and let's talk about the markets. Hello, this is Cheyenne Dunham, and I want to welcome you to the February 14th episode of the Bull Bear Banter. Tom is with me today, and will be giving us an update on the grain markets. Tom? Well, Cheyenne, today March corn ended at 377 and three quarters, which was down one and three quarters, but for the week we lost five and three quarters. December corn finished at 388 and three quarters, down three and a quarter, and losing five and a quarter for the week. March soybean futures ended the day at 893 and three quarters. That was down two and a half for the day, but for the week we did gain 11 and three quarter cents. November soybeans ended at 922 and a half, which was off one and a quarter, but for the week gained four cents. Well, Tom, it's sort of a slow news week this week. I guess the main feature this week was the WASDE report we had on Tuesday morning. Even that didn't provide a lot of new information, but let's go ahead and walk through it. At first glance, the U.S. balance sheet for corn doesn't look like there was any change, as the ending stocks number remained the same as the January information, at 1.892 billion bushels. However, looking at it a little closer shows that they did increase ethanol usage by 50 million bushels, but they decreased exports by 50 million. So net-net, no changes to the U.S. ending stocks. For soybeans, they increased exports by 50 million, so the ending stocks for the U.S. decreased by 50 million bushels to 425 million. Keep in mind that a year ago, we were talking about 900 million to 1 billion bushel carryout on soybeans. The difference this year is that other parts of the world will be carrying more of the inventory. On Tuesday, the USDA increased worldwide ending stocks by more than 2 million metric tons and that is the equivalent of 73.5 million bushels. This is because they also increased Brazilian soybean production by 2 million metric tons. So other than that, there really wasn't much to pay attention to in this month's WASDE. So let's go ahead and move on to the bull bear info. Well, on the corn side for bull factors, even though ethanol production decreased last week by about 2 million gallons at 316 million gallons, this is still above the pace needed to hit the new demand numbers from the USDA. Ethanol stocks did grow by about a million gallons and now stand at 987 million. We continue to hear that U.S. corn export prices are the lowest in the world. This week's export inspections report showed that 30 million bushels were loaded versus 22 million the previous week. On the bear side for corn, corn exports continue to lag. As you point out, inspections did increase last week, but we're still way below the 40 million bushel per week level we need to see in order to reach the USDA's new estimate. I'm going to keep watching crude oil. March futures haven't changed much in the past week and continue to hover around $52, which is down significantly from early January. Now let's talk about the US dollar. Just a month ago, we were reading stories about a weakening dollar, but in the past month, as the world has come to grips with the coronavirus outbreak, the dollar has begun strengthening. It hit a four month high earlier this week, and this is because in times of uncertainty, people flock to the US dollar as a safe haven. If this coronavirus continues to disrupt trade, the dollar will continue to strengthen, which will make it even harder to export goods from the US. We haven't heard much about the avian influenza the past few days, but as temperatures warm up in the northern hemisphere and cool down in the southern hemisphere, birds will begin to migrate, and that is when avian flu has a propensity to spread. For both factors for soybeans, we saw export sales this week continue to be strong enough to hit the USDA's latest estimate. 
Last week, the U.S. sold 23.7 million bushels of soybeans for export. This is down slightly from the previous week, but above the 20.8 million bushel weekly number needed to reach that 1.825 billion bushel mark for the year. The Phase 1 deal goes into effect tomorrow. That marks 30 days since the signing. Even with all of the negative news coming out of China, there continues to be optimism that China will follow through on their commitments to purchase an extra $200 billion worth of U.S. goods during 2020 and 2021. For soybean bear factors, similar to the comments about the U.S. dollar, the Brazilian real fell to a new record low. This is one of the worst performing currencies versus the dollar, and this year is down about 8%. The Brazilian soybean crop is 15% harvested versus 13% last year. The Brazilian reporting agency, CONAB, increased their estimate of the soybean crop to 123.3 million metric tons compared to 115 last year. And last, Argentina has also wrapped up their soybean planting. On our what to watch for in upcoming events, we continue to see quite a bit of interest in the averaging contract for 2020. The deadline for sign-up is in a few weeks, so you still have some time to learn about this contract. Make sure to contact your local GMA. Our Women in Ag event, Ventures, is this Saturday the 15th. We will take registrations at the door. The event begins at 9 a.m. and it's in Ankeny at the Courtyard by Marriott. On Monday, February 15th, we have President's Day, so the Chicago Board of Trade and the CME will be closed for markets. February 20th and 21st is the USDA Agricultural Outlook Forum. This is when the USDA economists give their best estimates on a number of forward-looking data. Many in the trade are expecting the USDA to start including Phase 1 info into their supply and demand estimates, so we'll see how much impact they expect from that. And finally, Daylight Savings Time begins on March 7th, just a few weeks from now. Well, Cheyenne, another uh, big event coming up next week is Grain Bin Safety Week. As many of you know, we take safety pretty seriously at Landis, and grain bin safety is a big focus for us. We recently came across a list of 10 tips to avoid being entrapped in a grain bin, and I'd like to read those for you now. First of all, develop a zero-entry mentality. As much as possible, try to stay out of the bin. When you do have to check grain, don't go alone. You should always check your lockout control circuits, and make sure that the augers are locked out before entering a grain bin. Communicate and let others know if you do need to enter a bin so that the auger stays off. Break up any crusted grain with a long pole from outside of the bin. Wear a safety harness and have someone watching. Run your ventilation equipment to release toxic fumes prior to entry. Wear a dust filter or respirator. Install ladders inside the grain bin and paint bright stripes on it for emergency exit. And number 10, always keep children out of grain bins. Thanks, Tom. I think that's all we have today. We appreciate you joining us for the Bull Bear Banter. If you'd like to contact us, you can send a tweet to at Landis Co-op or drop an email to podcast at LandisCooperative.com. Our tagline is bears make money, bulls make money, and pigs just go to market. If you have any questions regarding grain marketing decisions, please reach out to your area grain marketing advisor. Thank you for listening. I'll be out next week, but Tom is going to be here. Mm-hmm.